0: Hello, world. Welcome to another episode of Golf Subpar. Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz just wrapped up the Corrales Punta Cana championship sleeves. Hudson Swafford, Big Hud, my boy. Punta
1: Cana. Absolutely. Good to see Hud back on the board, yep. dude. Did it pretty spectacular what he did. is the guy that came out, had all the talent in the world, still does have all the talent in the world. Little injury problem, been playing on a major medical. He got this done this week, two starts left on his mm-hmm. major medical. Like, you've been on one of those before. How... I mean that's hard to do when the clock's ticking and you know exactly what you have to do and exactly how many starts you have left. How hard is that to to like try to put that to the side and be like I'm just going to play golf this week knowing yeah. that that's really at the, nice the case.
0: start it's not bad because it's just kind of business as usual but when you get start getting down you're like oh I got 3 starts left I got 2 starts left oh god start
1: doing the math like oh, I need a top 5 yeah. or I need it's, I need a
0: solo 3rd or It's stressful and you know he he gave a lot of credit to a sports psychologist for helping him out um, he played unbelievable all week. You know, was, was in cruise control with nine holes to play and then had a little little disaster on the back nine. But what a clutch birdie on 17 and an unbelievable par, putt for the win on 18.
1: Yeah, it looked like it was going to be a little snooze fest going into that back nine. Is was in full control, four shots up. Like you said, quick double, quick birdie by McKenzie Hughes. Tyler McCumber was in the mix at mm-hmm. the end. And coming off of that bogey, that shot he hit on 17 was pretty spectacular. The wind was blowing. That's not an easy hole to get close to. And then he makes the putt. And then 18 still gave himself some stress. Uh, with a two putt from down on that lower tier, but props to him, man. He did a, a pretty incredible. And just looking at him, he's the guy I expected. Now that the weight's off his shoulder, like watching him play yesterday, I was like, how in the shit yeah. is this guy two bad tournaments away from not playing on tour? Like he looks unbelievable. The way he swings it, how hard he hits it, he looks like he's the total deal. So maybe now that he's got that out of the way, he kind
0: of blows up here. Yeah, picks up his second win on the PGA Tour, and I just I, I think things are just going to continue to get better for Hudson. He's like you said, he's got all the talent in the world. Um, looks like his game should really suit well in the big tournaments like i mean he's a he's a he's a guy that should contend in majors and stuff like that so i'm happy for him um, really cool to see you know being a georgia bulldog gets the invite to augusta now that's always special for him yeah how about that hey, but, yeah. no stress anymore yeah. for him he gets yeah. all the things that go with it typically this is an opposite field event you know you get
1: the win you get the exemption but mm-hmm. you don't get the masters you don't get all the stuff that comes with winning uh normal events and this year he does and also he's a he's a benefactor of like the of the COVID like you know mm-hmm. um intermission there where they weren't playing for a while because we thought we had him on the radio today he actually at the at the point that they stopped play he had one more start left on his major medical and he needed uh Nin- 19 mm-hmm. points to keep his card and so at that time all the guys around major medical major medicals the tour went to him and said hey guys here's the options you have you can either keep playing and you got the same amount of starts, same amount of points. Or you can forfeit all your points that you've gotten and regain those starts. For guys that played five events and mm-hmm. missed all five cuts, like, of course, dude, give me my five starts back. I didn't do anything. But he was in a spot where, like, 19 points? What is that? What type of finish is that to get 19? Top 25? Top
0: 25, top 30, yeah. I mean, he was in a tough situation, like you said, because he had one left to do 19. Or he can get it back, and he can get seven starts to get 105.
1: Which is no slam dunk. No. You get seven. I mean, you got more chances to have one yeah. great week like you just did. But also, like... Top twenty five. If you pick the right event, like you
0: know, that's not out. You know, that's not some no. crazy it's week like, it's not like if you I go out and hurt. have a bad week, you're done. Yeah. You know, so that's a problem. So at least with you have seven. So what? A, what a cool story, though. So happy for the guy. He is. He is all time. But that was not the only major golf going on in the world. Not at all. You participated in your thirty seventh member guest of the season <laughs> down at Arizona Country Club. Oh, yes. Yes. The and eyes of the golf world were. Did upon the sleaze us. bring it?
1: In what way? <laughs> Scoreboard wise. <laughs> no. I did exactly what I do in most of these things, which is make a ton of pars, occasionals, batter mm-hmm. in a few birdies and a couple buggies, nothing. But energy-wise and off See, the course, exactly. my intangibles in these things, that's what you signed me up for. You bring me in, I'm going to try to play good golf. I got a handicap that I can't play to right now. But I tell you what, in the round and off course,
0: nobody nobody brings more to the table than me. See, that's I agree with you. and That's how I feel when I go to these things. Like, yeah, I mean, we can play good golf, but it's going to be boring. Like we're, we're yeah, I'm here not to here fun. to grind
1: it our out. Our team has like, the most fun. Yeah. I and mean, I'm not bringing my track man to the, you know what I mean? <laughs> if I get in a few swings before our first match, like I'll be like, cool. I'm pretty loose now. I didn't hit one practice, butt the whole week, I just go there to have fun. These things are so fun. You get the right partner, the right group. Member guest golf is the best. Although dude, you mentioned I played 37 of these. I am a little bit worn out. My body. <laughs> after these freaking things dude like i feel so bad for my, my body doesn't know what it wants what i want it to do dude. i'm just sending it up i'm sending it down i'm sideways left right i'm all over the place my body's gotta be like dude just tell me what you want me to do and i'm gonna try but you can't keep sending me in every direction so i'm tapping out for Take for the break. remainder i think the only thing we got left is maybe a member member at our mm-hmm. club here uh coming up in a month or two play that but now i think my body's shot i gave it all i had dude it left it all on the course i like it yeah that's nice all you can work. do in this world
0: all right, well, let's get to our guest. Very special guest this, for this week. Our man, Ches Reavy. Yes, the ball-striking oh, machine. Dude, he's a robot. I, I play with him a lot when we're home. It really bothers me.
1: It, it'll make you feel like shit about your game quick playing with him. He's the only guy, too. and you've I've played a bazillion rounds with him. You have, too. He's the only guy. We'll go out and play. Like, let's say it's two days before he leaves for a tournament. Mm-hmm. We'll go out and play. He'll hit 14 fairways, 17 greens. The one he misses is on the fringe. And uh, shoot 65 next day. But, like, all right, you want to play at noon tomorrow? Yeah, sure. Show up the next day. Uh, 13 new clubs. Mm-hmm. Oh, new set of irons, new driver, new three-wood, the whole thing. I was like, did you not just shoot 65, not miss fairway or a green yesterday? He's like, yeah, but I think I can get an extra half-mile-an-hour ball speed with this Dude. driver. And he tinkers more He's than anyone. He's not scared to
0: tinker. There's, that is for sure. But, man, the guy, it's it would be hard to find someone that really honestly hits it better than him. He's not the longest guy, but, I mean, God, it's the same ball flight every single time. Just absolutely stripes it. Every iron goes right at the flag. It's uh, it's fun to watch. He's a he's a quiet, shy guy. Yes. So we're gonna try to open him up a little bit. Yes, but there's, uh, there's
1: layers. But you just gotta peel back the onion with Chester.
0: There is. But what a career he's had. I mean, for a guy that's just, I mean, probably not that well known in the golf world, but just sneaky, just get, gets it done every single year. Play I mean, finished eighth in the FedEx Cup last year.
1: Bulldog, like we talk yeah. about, some of the guys hates losing more than anything. And if you if he was a kid coming out of college right now, you would not point at him and be like, "There's the guy that's gonna go have yeah. a long career on the PGA," because he's not the Prototypical guy that you see on the PJ Tour right now. He has to do it in different ways. He has to be accurate. He hits great irons, and he kind of goes as his putter goes. Mm-hmm. And we saw him just last year. He just won on the PJ Tour. You know, I mean, he could still. You can still get it done like that. It's harder. You just got to be better at everything else across the board. And he pretty much is.
0: And if you ever get a chance to play golf with Ches Reebi, if you're a guest of Ches Reebi's, and you end up beating him, don't count on having lunch afterwards because he's going home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> better get that. Get better get yeah. that
1: handshake on the 18th green
0: because you might not see him after. Man
1: does not take losing well, but that's sign of a champion. Yep.
0: I totally agree with you. Well, let's get to it. Here's Ches Revi on Golf Subpar.
1: All right, we got a ball striking machine in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Two-time PGA Tour winner William Chesney Revi is in the house. Chester, <laughs> how are we doing, brother? Good man. How are you? Fantastic. William Chesney. Do call you? Who calls you William? Anyone? Mom, Dad?
2: No. My grandpa was the only one.
1: Oh. Okay. The first time right, I went
0: to, The first time I went to your house at Greyhawk, I went to security great gate, and I was like, "I'm here to go to the Reeves. And I'm like, "William," I go. No, Ches. No, dude. And they're like, "What, William?" And I'm like, "I have no idea. I have no idea where I'm." <laughs> I'm going in the head. wrong neighborhood. I thought, I'm going to a guy named Ches's house. That's all I know. <laughs> Let me get out of here.
1: Billy, what about Billy? Billy Reevy? Ever thought about that? No. It's got a little something to it.
2: Never got Billy. You know what I mean? Ches is such a cool name. It man.
1: is a cool name, and it's unique. Nobody's got it. You yell Ches, Chester anywhere on property, you know you're getting him. Well, thanks for being here, dude. Appreciate you doing this. I know you're just fresh off a week at the U.S. Open. Let's talk a little bit about that. Mm. You just got back. We've been talking about it all week long. What was Wingfoot like? There's there's a ton of discussion around, but what did you think about
2: the place? Yeah, I mean, it was it was really tough. I mean, it was really fair, but it was really tough. The greens are really undulated. If you hit it in the rough, I mean, I was chipping out. Bryson was knocking it on greens, but I was chipping out <laughs> and making bogeys, so it was a short week for me.
0: When, when they chopped some of the rough off, uh, you know, Wednesday afternoon, did you think that, that hurt you, considering you're one of the straightest drivers of the golf ball on the planet?
2: Yeah, maybe a little bit, but then when I missed all the fairways on Thursday, <laughs> I was kind of happy they did it, but – I mean, yeah, I, I'd i like the rough to be as long as it can be. So, you know, if you hit fairways, you get rewarded.
1: When you were like, – because we saw all the players posting things online. It was like they were tossing balls in gently from, you know, a yard into the rough, and they were vanishing. Uh, was it even, like, playable at that point leading up into the week? Because we've speculated. We've talked about it on radio and stuff. But could you potentially advance a ball to the green from that stuff?
2: No. No, not at all. I mean, it was really tough. The reason they cut it down, though, is that they wanted guys to feel like they could maybe knock it on the green and not be sure to kind of give them another option whereas the majority of the time they weren't going to they were going to make more doubles than they would have, you know, earlier if they just chipped out and gave themselves a wedge and try to save par.
0: I think the thing that bothers me the most is Monday, Tuesday, all the talk is you got to hit the fairway. You can't play from the fairway. <laughs> you can't play from the rough. And then they go out and they change the golf course a little bit and 40% of the field on average hit the fairways
2: like no one was hitting it. Yeah. So
0: obviously if you're Bryson who can hit at 330 you're fine. It's better to be 330 in the rough than
2: 280 in the rough. 100%. And, you know, and the tricky thing there they didn't talk a whole lot about is when you get a dog leg, the, sl- the fairway would slope away from the dog leg. So you'd hit one down the right center of the fairway on a dog leg left, and it'd kick right and roll just into the rough. So, I, I mean, that part I think is tough, but, you know, that's part of a U.S. Open, and that's why they make the fairway so firm.
1: For a guy like you, who is one of the like straightest drivers of the golf ball, did you see that course? Like these are almost too narrow. Like these are like if they're so narrow that I can't hit them, like nobody's going to hit them. And now these guys are just going <laughs> to send it as hard as they can.
2: Yeah, I mean on Tuesday and Wednesday, to be honest with you, I hit the ball really well and I I really didn't hit it in the rough very often. So you know I was like, oh this is fine. You know I can you know maybe play here. This would be great. And then Thursday came around and I missed all the fairways and chipped out. And then I was like, okay, I really understand what these guys were talking about on Tuesday and Wednesday.
0: Like when that happens, is that something that like is it nerves or is it just This is golf, and some days it's good, and some days it's bad.
2: Yeah, you know, it was just kind of, it was golf. You know, it was, my feels were great coming off Napa. I played well there and played well Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I just started missing it right off the tees on Thursday, and I didn't know why. And I figured it out after the round. I was just kind of moving off the ball a little bit and getting my path too far to the right. But when I was on the golf course, I mean, I tried everything. I even aimed more left. I tried to shut the face down my downswing and i look up and it's still going just far enough right to go into the rough
0: i mean the the, the pga coach of the year pga coach and teacher of the year mark mm-hmm. blackburn was there i mean y'all got to develop some hand signals or
2: something. <laughs> yeah right. there's no gallery yeah. out there
0: just a little woop, 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 this uh, is what you're doing yeah, I Figure i know that right? stuff out
2: but i think he was even surprised you know because my warm-up went great and like i said tuesday wednesday was great and so when he was watching me he was like what is going on why are you missing it right so much and then we got on the range and 10 minutes on the range after the round i started hitting it straight again
0: Crazy
1: game. When you showed up at Wingfoot and you saw the course set up and the rough being as tough as it was, is that a golf course that excites you? Like, all right, this is for me. This is built for, I'm the straightest guy out here. I'm one of the best iron players. This is the type of spot where I will thrive.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely felt that way, but you know, like Colt said, golf can humble you real quick. And you know, on Thursday after about 10 holes, I was exhausted just, you know, trying to figure it out, trying to chip it back in the fairway, trying to hit wedges up there and, and save some pars.
0: Well, it's just something you haven't seen all week. Like you're going through your week, and you're like, oh, I'm striping it. I'm hitting fairways. I know how to play from this stuff. And then you're like, uh, what the hell just happened?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, how far can I advance this out of the rough? What will give me an angle to maybe be able to save a par? And, yeah, it was a totally different animal. On going into
0: the week, though, I mean, I don't know how much of the, the coverage you watch leading in or how much you read about any of it. But, like, it was very well known. Bryson said, I'm going to hit driver on every single hole. I'm going to send it up there. I don't know if, if you did hear that. What did you think of that?
2: Yeah, you know, I mean – Bryson says a lot of stuff, and, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you hear it, and you definitely know he's going to go out there, and he's, you know, added so much distance, and, you know, when the rough was like that on Tuesday, Wednesday, I was like, wow, you know, he's going to have his hands full, but then, you know, he went out there, and, and he just proved that what he wanted to do would work, you know, and I think a lot of it, too, around the greens, his short game was great, he made a lot of great putts, a lot of great up and downs, so. You know, he didn't hit as many f- greens necessarily as I think he could have. But for him, you know, he knew that if he had a wedge in his hand instead of a nine iron or eight iron or seven iron, then he had a better chance to hit the green.
0: Okay, obviously you've been on the P J Tour for a very long time, around 13 years. You know, you've seen how this game has started to evolve. And it's not one of the longest guys out there. Does it kind of frustrate you or is it just, you know what, this is what happens, I'm going to have to deal with it?
2: Yeah, you know, I don't let it frustrate me. I mean, I just have to play to my strengths, and you know, I'd be lying to you if I told you I wasn't trying to, you know, add some speed as well. But, you know, I'm never going to have the speed Bryson has, or Dustin, or Rory, or those guys. So, I have to play to my strengths and and just continue to hit fairways. Would you well, like what, to
0: know, would you like to know what your coach Mark Blackburn what what analogy he used? With oh you? yeah, the
2: guy he compared you to Floyd
0: Mayweather. I'm you heard yeah. that? God, I didn't hear <laughs> it! <laughs> I guess it, I hear listening. from him all the time. I almost fell out of my chair. Okay. I didn't yeah. know what he was when talking he first, about. Uh, we brought
1: you up like in this podcast with him, and he's like, you know. Chaz Reeves is a lot like Floyd Mayweather. And we we I think before he could get another we were like, are you that was not the guy I was thinking you're going to compare to. But, but the analogy but it, does make sense. Once he explained yeah. it, it made a little Just more keep sense. Keep jabbing away. Yeah. I yeah. hear
2: jabbing away at least 3 times a day from him out there. Just keep jabbing away. Just, you know, don't try and do anything Stick and crazy. Move. Yeah, exactly. But isn't
0: it in your opinion, do you think the way golf technology has gone with the equipment and everything, it's it's benefited the long guys way more than it's benefited you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we were in Charlotte I don't know, a year or two ago, and TaylorMade brought out some of their old, you know, first metal wood that they made. And I stepped up with it, and I hit it just as straight as I hit mine now. Maybe not quite as far, but I still hit it just as straight. So, you know, that doesn't benefit me, whereas these guys can build so much speed, and they would have a hard time hitting that club in today's game. Yeah, like I would always,
0: when I was with Cal when I'm I'm with Callaway, when (laughs) Callaway would bring out a new driver, they'd be like, oh, we're seeing on average, you know, 12 yards longer. And I'm like, well, I'm about to bring that down because I guarantee it probably goes 0.2 yards further if anything. It used <laughs> yeah. to drive me nuts. I'm like, why can mine not pick up 12 yards but yet the guys that already hit 300, they pick up 12 yards.
2: Yeah, it's exactly right. Chance. I mean, it's just built for, for guys who have a lot of speed, you know, so their mishits, you know, they still have just as much ball speed when they don't hit it out of the center and, you know, and it it's just more forgiving for them so they can sweep as hard as they can at it. I hate them.
1: All that club manufacturing bullshit, it's like it's 10 yards further. If you believe that, that's been they've been saying that for the last 10 years. Every driver is 10 yards long. You should be 100 yards longer than you were a decade ago. <laughs> you know, well, The I mean? average
0: dude at home that hits the sweet spot one out every 47 times, yeah, he probably does pick up 10 yards.
1: Well, the, he should have picked up 100 then over the last decade because every <laughs> new driver that's trotted out It's like, faster, better, more forgiving than the last one. I was like, dude, there's got to be a limit here at some point. But I want to ask you, the, the like, consensus after what Bryson did up there at Winkfoot was, there was actually an article written on it. It was, it was said, quote, the U.S. Open as we know it is dead. Do you, do you actually believe that after seeing what Bryson did? Are we just overreacting to one guy who had a great week and played really good golf, by the way, not only off the tee, but everywhere else, and then we're like, everyone chill out. This is, this is a, a jump to conclusion.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think they're jumping to, to conclusions. I mean, Bryson went out there, and like you said, he played great. He managed the golf course well. He managed his mistakes really well. And under the pressure, I mean, he just played amazing golf. The golf course was really hard. And, I mean, I think it's just an overreaction. You, need, you just need to applaud him for playing so well.
1: Yeah, and by the way, if you look at it, like everything's made about his distance. He wasn't even in the top five in driving distance last week. He ranked seventh in, in driving distance last week. And everyone's like, you got to brace and proof it and do all this stuff. It's like, dude, he wasn't even the longest guy out there is is some of what... The other aspects of his game being overlooked in terms of like why he was six under and nobody else was under par.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, his short game must have been amazing. I mean, I didn't he was, watch. He scrambled a whole lot of the of it. shit out of it.
0: Second and strokes gained around the green. Yeah, yeah, and
2: and that's really why he won the U.S. Open, right? Because chipping around around those greens was brutal. I mean, the greens alone were brutal. Making putts was really tough, and it just shows you how great his touches around the greens when he has that much speed with a driver.
0: When I think of the U.S. Open, I think of guys like you, though, the way they play. Um, you know, you look back to last year at Pebble Beach. By the way, you made me a lot of cash that week. Thank you. want <laughs> more than, more than thank you personally. Um, but if you were going to design a U.S. Open setup or even pick a golf course for Ches Revy to compete at and have a chance to win, what would, it, what would it be?
2: You know, I think firm, fast golf courses are great. Um, obviously, golf courses that have real high rough, um, that's great. And you just take, I mean, look at a place like Colonial, right? The golf course is not long. You know, they don't grow the rough up crazy. And what's the winning score there every year? I mean, it's not very low. It's been
1: single digits before. Yeah, exactly.
2: And so, you know, when you talk about Bryson proofing a golf course, what are you going to do make it longer? Like they tried to Tiger-proof Augusta for Tiger. I mean, they just played more into his hands at the time. And Mm -hmm. so I think, you know, they just need to figure out that length isn't, the solution that there are other ways that they can make it tough
0: first off what they should do with tiger is let him win every single week because it brings more money to everyone yeah 100 <laughs> let's let's set up a golf course that works for him you just hit
1: seven iron on every hole that's yeah. all you do every <laughs> single time and you got to move it both ways
0: let's go back to the beginning though a little bit okay mm-hmm. you went to arizona state mm-hmm. won the pub links at arizona state i want to talk a little bit first off were you a highly re- recruited guy coming out of high school
2: yeah, I mean, I was I was in the top 20 and mm-hmm. you know junior ranking, and I, I always wanted to go to Arizona State. Growing up here, that's when Phil was at Arizona State, and they were great, and he was my idol. And so, if I could go there, that's where I was going to go. Wow,
0: I've never heard anybody admit that Phil was their idol. <laughs> yeah. Dobson
1: Ranch, yeah, or Dobson High School. What is it? Dobs- Dobson Ranch. Golf Dobson course is where Ranch. Up. Stand up. He yeah. has put him on the map. <laughs>
0: Obviously, there's. I mean, Arizona State's had legends come out of come out of that program. Who were some of the other guys on your team?
2: On my team so my freshman year i played with paul casey i played with jeff quinney i played with matt jones played with jen park mm, um yeah. so i had a lot of yeah, yeah, players. just <laughs>
1: everyone that makes it on tour goes <laughs> yeah. out of there who was the guy because everyone you're obviously a team you want to win and you guys want a ton but who is the guy on that team that you're like i want to i want to make sure i don't lose to this guy everyone's got one in college
2: yeah i mean i don't know they're uh, honestly all of them <laughs> 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 i mean i wanted to beat all of them um paul casey i mean he had won Everything you can possibly win. He was a senior my freshman year, and so I wanted to play as much as I could with him because I knew that that's what would make me better.
0: Was he a bully to you? you're No, he and I
2: got along great. Damn. He treated me great, and it I'm was mad funny. at Paul right now. By the way, he said some bad <laughs> things about me on air. Oh,
1: yeah, he did. He mm-hmm. threw a little jab at yeah. Colt on an interview, and Colt's not taking it. Nah, too it well. didn't take uh, it very well. Uh, Let's shun. We're gonna shun Paul starting now. Uh-oh. Actually, he's still in with me, but he's out for <laughs> Colt. <laughs> Were you there? You weren't there with Perez at all, were you? No, he was gone because he kind of like bullied. I wouldn't say bully. They ended up becoming close friends. But when they first got there, he and Paul kind of like. Are you surprised by that? No, zero. That's that's Pat. Yeah, zero.
0: I love it. But you won the Publinks while you were in college, by the way. Same shout out. Hey, but oh, never mind. (laughs) Uh (laughs) It earned you a trip to the Masters. But first off, I want to talk about the finals of the Publinks because you played a golfing legend (laughs) in the finals. Danny Green, which if you're a big golf fan, you know who Danny Green is. He's a legend around the amateur game. You won in 38 holes.
2: Yeah, won extra what was holes. it like playing that guy? And good lord, have you ever seen an uglier move with the golf ball? <laughs> yeah, you know, you watch him swing, you're like, wow, okay, I'm gonna beat this guy nine and eight, you know. And then, <laughs> and then he starts making birdies and getting everything up and down, and you know, he's just he's a tough competitor and he's a tough guy to beat.
1: He was the the gatekeeper of that type. Like at that age, back when Ches was doing that, like he was like, you knew he was going to be there at some point and he's going to be a tough out. It looks like complete Uh shit, but it was like, I'm going to have to go through this guy at some point. He doesn't give anything away.
2: Yeah. He was a guy. I mean, you know, the interviews the night before he's like, I've played Augusta. I've played the masters. I've won, you know, I think he won the mid am or something. And, you know, he turns up the next day. He's got an Augusta hat on, Augusta shirt on. Yeah, like, and he's going to remind me that it's a f- you know the Masters is at stage. Oh, stake I didn't know we were playing for numbers. the Masters. Yeah, yeah exactly. Man, come
1: on. What's that match like though? Because the pub you have to win it, right? You yeah. get in the U.S. Amateur if you make the finals, you get in. But pub you got to win it. Is that pressure like weird at that point? Like it's either kind of all or nothing. I either win I'm pub champ in Augusta or nothing.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know what you're going to get, and you know, so you just go out and you play your butt off. Well, talk to us about
0: playing Augusta as an amateur because obviously turned that down, which was stupid. Smart. Um, So take, take us through that week a little bit. How special was that? Who did you play with? And did you stay in the crow's nest and all that? Yeah,
2: stayed in the crow's nest, which was awesome. Um, you know, they can bring you food and milkshakes and whatever you want all the time. 24 hour. Yeah. I mean, it was heaven. Um, yeah, it was awesome. You know, I showed up, I played a practice round with Ben Crenshaw and Jerry Pate, which was awesome with Tim Jackson, who's another Mm -hmm. amateur legend. Um, yeah, it was just an awesome week played with Adam Scott in the par three contest and yeah, I mean, it was it was everything you can dream of and more.
1: You made a little hoop hoopty one on a par three on the par three course, but it was after I think you hit it in the water. Correct. Okay, so a hole-in-one but with an asterisk. Right, yeah. it was a good par. Okay. Yeah. What's a crow's nest like, though? We had Ricky on here. He talked about it earlier, but that's a cramped quarters. Who all was in there with you?
2: It is. Um, let's see. Tim Jackson was up there. Michael Hoey was up there. from. Yeah. I think he's from Ireland. Uh, who else was a Ricky didn't stay up there. He was big time. He he rented a house or something Of
1: course diva. <laughs> what a little princess.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think it was Ricky on that year. Um, who else was there? There's was a guy from Northern California.
1: Is it like if someone snores? next to you like you might not sleep like it's that tight up there 100 percent. that's a problem i feel like Like, here's arguably the biggest week of your life and if like numb nuts over here has a sleep apnea or whatever (laughs) like i'm not gonna get any sleep before my first round of masters
2: yeah i mean they aren't bedrooms so it's literally one room like this room and then they just put some partitions that don't even go you know all the way to the ceiling or the floor you know it's almost like a dressing room type situation but then you walk in and the pictures are amazing and you just know it's been there forever and you know who slept there and stayed there and it's you know, it's awesome. It's I would never not stay in the crow's nest if I was an amateur. Yeah, of That's course. Cool. Colt you could have had you, that. I know I could've.
1: You snore though. No, I knew. You would have
2: ruined it I'm for a, everyone. <laughs> I'm a gentle sleeper. I'm okay. just going to hibernation.
0: Um, <laughs> shut up. So can you say looking back to I mean, obviously that was a long time ago. First T Thursday of the Masters as an amateur. Arguably yeah. the most nervous you've ever
2: been? Oh, by far, by far. So I was actually putting on the putting green. I'm playing with Tom Watson and Billy Mayfair. Oh, God. oh, nice. Yeah. So I'm putting on the putting green, and you know I'm warming up. I'm fine. I'm putting. I'm fine. And then you know they call us to the tee, and my whole body goes numb. <laughs> and Tom's putting next to me, and we're walking to the tee, and I look at him. And I'm like, Tom, I can't feel anything in my body. I'm like, I'm not gonna be able to hit this tee shot. And he put his arm around me. He's like, Oh, don't worry, Ches. I'm nervous too. And I kind of stopped. I'm like. How many times have you won here? You're (laughs) such a liar. You're not nervous, but it kind of broke the ice and gave me just enough feeling in my hands to chop it down the fairway. Was he cool? Uh, I hit in the fairway, but I probably hit it 240 yards or something. That's a
0: stripe. That's a stripe, that's yeah, a stripe dude.
2: Yeah. What are you talking about? Nice hit. Nice <laughs> little
0: poke, especially back in, in that age. Work. Now you would have like 270 into that yeah, hole. Yeah, yeah have, exactly. God. Three wood and yeah,
1: a wedge. Yeah. What was it like playing with Watson uh, those first two days? Was he talkative? Did you guys chop it up? or were you? Um, kinda... Yeah, we
2: talked. He treated me great. I mean, he couldn't have been nicer. You know, when I'm putting out on the greens, he would wait for me to be on the green. I mean, he couldn't have been more of a gentleman towards me at all. It was funny, though. We were on – what hole was it? It was – 15 is a par, 5, 14, you know, where it has that big false mm-hmm. front. And so we both hit it in the hill and it comes off the front. And we're like not even a foot from each other. He's going first. And I'm looking. I'm like, oh, I'm going to putt this. You know, I'm not going to chip it a tight lie. I'm no chance. And he goes up and he chips it up there to like, you know, tap in range. And I'm like, I'm still putting it. I'm still putting it. And I putted it and I didn't get all the way up the hill. And it came back and went behind me. Mm. And he kind of chuckled like you should have chipped that kid. I showed you exactly how to do it.
1: Yeah. Where the hell were you on that one, Tom? <laughs> yeah. Maybe coach me out of that, bro. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, I'm a rook here. I'm yeah. sure that was an incredible You did play the weekend, but yeah. what do you do after you, if, all right. So you missed the cut as an amateur, not a big deal. Everybody does it. What do you do? Do you hang around for the weekend or what's the rest of the week? Yeah. Like?
2: So I stayed. So Billy, you know, I asked Billy, I was like, Hey man, should I stay? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Stay. You can practice hit balls. He's like, enjoy the week. You know, don't run out of here early cause you missed the cut. So I stayed and practiced and just chipped and putted and went out and walked and watched some golf. And just enjoy the rest of the week. Sleaze would have shown up right when the leaders are getting to the range. Warmed up right next <laughs> right to, to him. him. Hey, so people think what he is. might be in contention. <laughs> hey, Tiger,
1: I got a funny story. Hold up real quick. <laughs> take, take a load off for a minute. You're not going to believe this. Oh, uh, I love it. Well, let's
0: fast forward to your rookie year on tour because uh, what a year that was. 2008, Get you win. First off, RBC Canadian Open. Good Make win. over $1.4 million. At the end of that year, where you're just like, hm. This shit's kind of easy. I got this. I'm just going to dominate out here for years to come.
2: Yeah, right. Um, I mean, I was hoping for that, right? But you you know, it's golf and you can get humbled real quick. And so, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the year, but I just know how good all the guys are out there. And I just kept You're way hard. too humble. You got to.
1: Yeah, dude. Feel free. This show is one of bravado. We <laughs> I'm just, being We honest. talk about being way better than we actually are. I mean, Colt and I make a living out of it. Yeah, honestly. I tell this
0: story. Like, I turned. To, so, 2008 was my rookie year on the web tour, now Corn Ferry tour. And I went out, won twice, finished like fifth on the money list. These guys saw it. I'm like, well, I'm gonna go to the PJ tour next year and do the same thing, make about three million and keep going. And I made I think I made like two hundred and twenty thousand the next year on the <laughs> PJ tour. Got humbled so fast. Back to Q school. Here we go. Yeah. And speaking PGA. of that, you did go like you yes, came out there, you is, win
1: right away, then you go back to Q school. I think it was in 2012 you had to make a return to Q school after being a winner. Is there more pressure being that you were you came out right away and won? You're a rookie, you win on the PJ tour, you've been at the top of the ladder already, and now all of a sudden Four years later, you're back at Q School trying to get your job back. Is there more pressure to keep your card once you've been there or maybe get it for the first time?
2: Um, That's a good question. I mean, I'd say the pressure is similar. I think the hard part is knowing how good it is on tour and how much fun it is and how great all the events are. And then knowing that you might not have that anymore. You feel a little bit more pressure because you you want it more. You've kind of tasted it a little bit. Whereas when you've never been out there, it's always been a dream. You think it's going to be cool, but you don't really know what to expect. And so, you know, you're just working hard to try and get there. But once you know you have it and you can possibly lose it, I think it's a little more Yeah, playing
1: for a million a week and going down and being like, all right, now I'm playing for a hundred grand a week. That's like a pretty significant change. You know, I feel like it would be almost harder having had it already and then being like, oh, now I don't, I will, I'm about to lose this potentially.
2: Yeah. It's just mainly, you know, we practice and we work so hard and you want to play against the best in the world. You know, that's the ultimate challenge. And when you feel like you might not have that opportunity, you know, it, it's pretty, it can be pretty upsetting at times.
1: And that, that Q school, you finished 22nd, 22. I believe, to keep your, mm-hmm. to regain your tour card for that year. How close was that coming down the stretch?
2: I made a six footer on the last hole to get my card. No oh, my shit. God. Oh Man. boy. How was that? Did one? you know exactly where you stood? Oh yeah. Yeah. You I knew, knew exactly six footer, this was. is do or die. Yeah yeah exactly knew exactly what it was it was actually the only week i've ever used a belly putter back when they were allowed oh. i switched to a belly putter right before before finals literally right right at that's finals smart right. i like a huge switch right before finals i'm a fan yeah. of that
1: cole had a similar situation he had a little nail biter coming down oh my the last god hole. I puked on my it face. was more than a nail biter it was like a throw up on your yeah, yeah i made shoes. double <laughs> yeah. It ended up making it on the Col who's hit 99 of the fairways the entire week and yeah. he's got the state of california to the left Hit it in the water. That just shows you what the nerves does to you, man. Like dude, that, Nathan that Green's a good friend. So I made
0: double. Got him his card. Right. Yeah. We're just yeah. helping people out. Yeah, that's friendly. what you people do. People. friendly guy. But tell dude. the people at home, like, first off, I still think there should be a Q School. There is one for the Corn Fairy Tour, but I still think it's so cool when a guy that can be, you know, just a, picking up balls at a driving range, can sign up for Q School, and he can work his way through and get on the PGA Tour. Like, I still think that's so cool. Do you, do you wish there was still kind of a Q School for, like, guys like that? I mean, look at Tommy Ganey, who made it through, and it was an incredible right. story. George
2: McNeil's a good one, right? Yeah. He was a club pro working in a pro shop, went to tour school, got his card, and I think he won his, his first year yeah. out on tour. Yeah, I mean, those stories aren't going to happen much now at all, really. I mean, at least the college kids still have a way, you know, they can, you know, get their starts and make enough money and get their card pretty quickly still. But yeah, I mean, tour school is great. I mean, it's fun to watch. It's fun to have good stories. You know, the feel-good stories of the guys who come out and play well and get their cards My friends, but you at don't home, get
1: your like Anthony Kim's and your DJs, the guys that just come out. I'm ready right now. Like they don't have to go to a year of the Corn Ferry Tour and play. Like, dude, I can play with these guys right now. You, you, it takes like a little longer, I guess, for them. to get there, Which isn't the end of the world. But you never know when you go down there what can happen. And it's like, dude, yeah. you can kind of lose it and get lost down there. My friends at home
0: always said the Monday of Q School was always their favorite event to watch all year. And I'm like, you're sick bastard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, they, dude. Now I mean, that I'm I like out watching it, guys who throw up on themselves and then that was me one year i'm like did y'all got y'all enjoy that yeah because i did (laughs) i was bawling my eyes out in the scoring trailer yeah i
1: remember i sent you a text i think after i found out you got in and i was like thank god this is gonna be bad i actually sent a text that same year eric meyer dirks a friend of mine you know eric Mm -hmm. yeah he got through this was this was my one of my biggest mess ups dude i sent him i forgot that it ended i forgot that for whatever reason it was Sunday. Which is after the fifth round, right? Monday's the ender. And I, I looked up on the ticker and he was in like 17th, call it, right? Tour card, bam. I was like, dude, Eric E, so happy for you, bro. Congratulations, well deserved. You're the man, all this stuff. And he's like, thanks, dude. One more round. And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. I just put the curse on the kid. If he had missed, I would have lost my. I would have, I don't know if I ever would have been the same it. person. Yeah, still. <laughs> he would have gotten over it. Who cares?
0: All right. Well, we mentioned earlier you have two wins on the PGA Tour. You won the 2008 RBC Canadian Open. And then last year, you won the Travelers Championship after finishing third the week before at Pebble. But you also have two playoff losses, and mm-hmm. I know those probably sting a little bit. 2011 in Boston, 2018 right here in your backyard at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. If you could go back and hit one shot over at either event, but you can only pick one, which one would it be? Uh,
2: Phoenix Open for sure.
0: What what shot would it be?
2: Uh, my second shot in the playoff. I mean, it was a good number, a good spot. I mean, I should have made birdie, and I mean, I don't know. It stinks. Okay. I was ex- excited to make the birdie to get into the playoff, and you know, I think I was still too pumped up. I didn't calm myself down enough before we went back out. And I think that's Explain. was that the loudest roar you've ever heard? Like for you, when you made that putt on yeah. 18 to force a playoff with Gary yeah. Woodland? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely, you know, that's the most pumped up I've ever been on a golf course ever. And yeah, that's why I just wasn't quite prepared when we went back out. I was still too fired up.
0: I root for you all the time, but I've never rooted for you harder <laughs> against Gary. That playoff with Gary yeah. Woodland. I know. No I one wants to to I almost drove out there and did something stupid just so you could win for sure. <laughs> I'm taking Gosh, an ass to Gary. hate when meet. Gary wins. Is
1: that one like harder? Not, like the pressure of that playoff being that you are a local guy and this is the, you know, arguably the biggest, there's the most people of any fan of any tournament on the PGA Tour.
2: Yeah, you know, being a local kid here, you know, I carried the signboards growing up for groups and you know, I always got to go to the tournament. As long as my grades were good, I got to skip two days of school and go out there and do that. And so, you know, it's like a major for me. So to have a chance to win was great. And hopefully I'll get another and chance. It's,
0: it's not a place that I would think would set up very well for you, but you've really found your way around TPC Scottsdale. Can you tell us a secret?
2: Yeah, I was, I was just playing way too aggressive. You know, I think part of it is I wanted to win so bad. And so I was just making way too many bogeys and doubles. And so the last few years, I've just really dialed it back and I'll get aggressive at spots. But you know, it's crazy. Once I felt like I wasn't aggressive, I mean, whatever, I was 18-under or 15-under, mm-hmm. whatever it was, to get into a playoff, that's when I shot my lowest scores. So it's, you know, that's kind of the key for me is to just play to my strengths there and, and not try and overdo it.
0: Yeah, and you, you look at all these guys on the PGA Tour now. They they rely on analytics a lot and a lot of, on statistics. I know you work with a guy named Hortsey, that I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of. Kind of explain, like, how that's changed in the, throughout your PGA Tour career. And, and when did you start relying on these stats and analytics and stuff like that?
2: Yeah, so I started three years ago maybe yeah I mean I just I kind of got to know him and you know we were talking and he kind of he just looked at my stats on his own he's like hey man you and I need to sit down and have a talk and I was like what are you talking about he's like well you know you hit so many fairways you hit so many greens he's like how are you not finishing higher every week and I was like what are you talking about and he's like you're being way too aggressive and so we just kind of broke it down and I mean the first few weeks he's like look if you've got anything over a six iron just aim middle of the green and I was like are you serious and he's like yeah and so I did it and you know I I forget what week that was. I want to say it might have been the PGA at Quail Hollow, and uh, and then I just started playing really well, and you know my scores dramatically and got better. But I didn't feel like I was doing anything different, you know, technique wise or anything. I was just playing the golf courses smarter. So is that expl- like? Go so, ahead.
0: Well, I just, for the people at home because they're gonna have no idea what we're talking about. Like, so do y'all? Do you and Hortsey meet before each round? and kind of discuss what the game plan should be? Because obviously, there's some pins that are gettable, there's some that aren't, and they change each day. Mm -hmm. So when do y'all sit down and talk about this, or how does it work?
2: Yeah, so I'll get, at the beginning of the week, I'll get an email of the golf course and, you know, what holes to work on short game, what holes to be aggressive, what holes not to be aggressive. And then, obviously, that changes day to day. And so when I tee off late in the afternoon, I have all the live data from the morning round. So I know where all the bogeys are made, all the birdies are made. Oh, I know man. all of that information. And so if I do get it out of position, I know where around the green to try and get my golf ball to give me the best chance to get it up and down. How con- if you had this on the Gix. Yeah, On the Jickies, dude, this
1: wasn't available on the jigs. <laughs> I had to dig it out of the Dirk. I was like, oh, what, everyone's making double here? Perfect. I'll fire the three-iron right at the left green when there's a lake to the left. Who cares, dude? You know what I mean? I've got to make tweets out here on the jigs. But how many guys are- – are using this? Like, is this, are, is, are you unique in the sense that you're using all this data and stuff, or is this something? You lot know, there are a
2: handful are. of guys who do it. Uh, I know Brant Snedeker was one of the first ones he started a long time ago, eight or nine years ago, probably with this guy. Um, Billy Horschel uses them. Um, there's just been, yeah, there's been different people that have used him at different times, but I think he always has, like, five or six guys he works with.
1: So you get the data in the morning, like, hey, everyone's bogeying number five, or tons of people are bogeying number five. You get up to number five, like, what you, what, what, does that mean to you? How does that change the way you play the hole?
2: Well, it just depends where they're making bogeys from, right? So I know, like, if all the bogeys are made from long right, then, you know, if I'm between clubs, I'm going to take a shorter club and make sure I'm short left of the flag, stuff like that. Um, hmm. And then, yeah, just what holes, you know, like you'll see where people are three putting from, you know, what the common problem is there. And so, you know, if you do get it into a certain spot where a lot of guys have three putted, I'll know if they're running it by the hole or if they're coming up short. And so I'll kind of know, okay, this putt, it looks, you know, it doesn't look quick, but I know it's quick because, you know, 10 guys this morning hit it eight feet by and three putted.
1: Do you watch the coverage in the morning when you're in the afternoon?
2: Uh, A little bit, but not a whole lot. You don't? No. No, No, just because I've got the data and – you know, I don't like listening to the guys talk about golf and how these guys are messing up or What if or it's whatever. me talking about it? Yeah, sorry. Then my incredible you just, uh, voice. Then you tune in you turn that volume <laughs> Yeah, up, turn it up bro. loud, What's right? Colt saying? <laughs> yeah, this, exactly. gotta be, this is definitely going to I mean, obviously,
0: like stuff like that used to not be available. We got the Green Books now. We have TrackMan. We have all this. Do you think guys rely too much on technology sometimes?
2: 100%. 100%. And, you know, I've looked at Green's books and I kind of go back and forth. I don't use them a whole lot because I, I think it gets in my head more than anything else. And... You know, it just confuses me, and I don't commit to you know my lines and I stuff. I hate them. Yeah, I, I think green reading really. is that, a skill.
1: That is bullshit. Yeah. I don't. I don't like that those exist on the PGA Tour. Putting is an art, and if you can't, you mm-hmm. shouldn't have a book that tells you exactly what everything do. That's part of the deal. And you still gotta mm-hmm. hit it.
0: But the fact that like, I mean, there's a lot of putts out there. You're like, does this go left or does this go right? Like it's a And then you look at your book and you're like, oh, all the arrows are pointed to the left. Like no, <laughs> this is a green. This is a skill. I read greens better than some people. I should have – I mean, I I hit it 240. I have to have some advantage in this game. Come on.
2: Yeah, I mean, it definitely – you know, for guys who don't have that ability to read read greens very well, it it helps them quite a bit. I mean, some guys will even put practice greens in their yards, you know, at a 1% slope, a 2% slope, 3% slope. And so they know kind of what that break looks like in their head. And then when they look at their book and they're like, oh, it's two or it's two and a half or whatever, they can kind of see that. But for me, it just complicates things for me.
1: So you don't use it at
2: all? Yeah, not, my caddy's always got one, and I'll look at it time to time. I've tried it a few times, but it, it doesn't seem to help. And there's expensive. some guys like
1: Phil in his backyard. He's like, I got a one degree, two degree, yeah. three degree. I got holes, so I know when. As soon as I get on a golf course, if I have a 12 footer and it's a two degree slope, I know it's a, all right. It's a cup out left or whatever, or right. or vice versa.
2: Yeah, which is surprising for me, you know, because he's so naturally talented with his hands, and you know he sees so many different shots around the greens that I don't. I think he would be better off if he didn't use them.
1: Yeah, he seems more like an artist and not, and not a scientist, yeah. obviously. Let me,
0: let me ask you this. So, obviously, golf is evolving. All sports evolve. We've talked about this, how, you know, in the NBA, they didn't used to shoot 53-pointers a game, but now they do. In the NFL, they didn't throw it 50 times. It was formation pounded. Now golf is pretty much bomb and gouge, whether you like it or not. Do you think we'll see any young kids coming out of college or anything or even out of amateur golf that play golf the way Ches Revy does in the near future?
2: No, I mean, I don't think so. If you do, it'd be very rare. I mean, because all these kids now have crazy speed. I mean, even my nephew, my 16-year-old nephew yes. today, we were on the range. I mean, he's he's been playing five years, maybe four or five years. He's swinging it at 125, 130 and is that just getting bombs. And he yeah. has a six-pack, apparently. I hate this He's 16.
1: <laughs> he's swinging at 125? Yeah. I mean, What's he's his got name? crazy
2: speed. Tyler. Tyler, Tyler I hate you. She's I'm so <laughs> jealous of everything And he's got a six-pack? <laughs> yeah. yeah sounds I mean, like he's, Mulder's he probably kid. has beautiful hair. Is, this, is Mark yeah, Mulder the dad? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean he's just he's got crazy speed and he loves the game and so I mean who knows? Can he play? Yeah, I mean he's getting a lot better. He hasn't been playing long and he's getting better at a very quick just, rate. Well, so you said earlier like
1: I would I'd be lying if I said I wasn't doing things to increase my try to increase my speed. What are you doing right now? Yeah, are, are you, so is I've that something this, you're consciously trying to do?
2: Yeah, I mean with some technique, but a lot of it's just literally getting my mind out of it that I just need to swing as hard as I can. I mean that's a lot of it. I'm so used to swinging one way on a golf course and kind of controlling it to where you got to kind of get past that and not be afraid to hit it offline and just swing faster.
1: How much more do you have in the tank? Like from your normal cruiser speed, which your cruiser speed is pretty much as, as automatic as anybody's out there. But if you were like, all right, Jez Reavy really wants to hit one. How much more you got in there?
2: Oh, I don't know. I mean, we're trying to figure that out. Right now, not a whole lot. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I'll just kind of swing normal, and it'll be like 111, 112. And then I feel like I swing as hard as I can, and it might get to 113 or 113. Yeah, 112.5. That's, 5. An, that's yeah, the same yeah. my shit, too. I'm dude, 104,
0: yeah. and I swing out of my shoes, and 105. I'm yeah. like, oh, that was cool. I got the same. Yeah. Sometimes it's even slower. I got yeah, exactly. Same. And you're
2: yeah. like, I don't understand. Because you'll see some people, like Charlie Hoffman. Well, I mean, that's a great he example. was swinging 114, and then you know he does some TPI stuff. Now he's swinging 127, 128. Yeah. That's what I told that's you a, on the radio. We were radio just talking today. about
1: that today. That's a ten miles an hour. Is, I mean I don't know if people understand how big of a jump that that you could work years and years and not but get. But that's 10. one thing
0: that's cool with the technology where this really helps. Like the TPI. I mean, you see three D motion stuff. You mm-hmm. see how your body works, and you're like, oh well, my hips don't turn at all on the way back. If I turn this, I pick up six miles an hour. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. i picked the left heel up a little bit. Yeah, um, that's really cool. I'm still I waiting for that to happen, to happen
2: to me. Go. Yeah, I've, I've tried all that stuff and it doesn't matter. I always yet. try the left
1: heel. All I do is hit it like shit, but I feel like I want to be a left heel guy. I'm old school guy. What are you doing <laughs> like, um, like workout wise? Like, you know, technology's changed everything and now people can use all this stuff. Are you doing anything fitness wise to try and keep it up?
2: Yeah. I mean, a lot of core stuff, a lot of rotational core stuff. I mean, I don't think any of it's really revolutionary. Um, we're mixing it up a little bit to where we'll lift heavy a little bit and then do some speed stuff to try and get those muscles to just move faster, even, even being stronger. So, I mean, it's who knows, hopefully it works. I mean, I'm trying, I've got those speed sticks, I'm swinging, you know, doing all those drills with that to try and pick up some speed. But the big thing for me is I can't change a bunch of technique to get speed because then I'll lose accuracy and I can't afford to do it. Why would you
1: change technique when you hit... Thirteen and a half mm-hmm.
0: fairways around and 16 and a half greens. All right. Well, I hate talking about working out, so we're gonna change the subject. Cole, so, what
1: do you do? You're, you're <laughs> right. That's
0: how you did it. You're in the field in Augusta <laughs> in November. Okay. Say Ches Revi were to go to on to win the Masters. Oh. I want to know the champions dinner menu for Ches Revi. And I know you're a big wine guy, so I, yeah. we need specific <laughs> bottle. bottles. Bottles.
2: Uh, I think Chateau Margaux would be my way. Sounds I mean, fancy. I know they've got everything. What do you think,
0: Colt? You
1: like
2: that? To, uh, what? What year? I don't even know. I would let them handle that at Augusta. They know a lot they more about that it stuff it than I do. They probably got it if yeah. you want yeah.
0: it. What would be Ches's meal, you think?
2: Meal? I don't know. It's hard because, I mean, I love food. I love steaks, but I love fried chicken as well. So that would be a tough decision.
0: You're And you're an incredible, you make incredible ribs. I've had them. Yeah, you know, I love to know. smoke food. The I smoker. love
2: barbecue food. Yeah, I love doing all that stuff. But honestly, I'd probably end up going with steak just because I love steak. I've got a great idea.
0: You go win the Masters, and then me and Sleeves will be like your taste testers. There we go. You, can, oh, you yeah. throw a few menus together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll tell you which one we like. We'll but be you're a little
1: sommelier, too. Absolutely. Tell you what pairs well with what. When you <laughs> look, you got back-to-back ma- uh, majors at Augusta coming up. What do you think the difference will be? So much speculation, but a November Masters, what does that look like?
2: You know, honestly, I have no idea. I mean, knowing Augusta, it's going to be in perfect shape. It doesn't matter what the weather is going to do. For s- some reason, they can just always get it in awesome shape. But I really have no idea what it's going to be like there in November.
1: Is, or is that something you're like, knowing that that golf course is a beast and it favors longer hitters, is that something you, you'll you like ramp up this speed stuff heading into that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to work on it hard. I mean, honestly, I'll probably add another hybrid in my bag so I can, you know, I'll probably have a three and four hybrid in my bag just so I can hit it as high as I can from the fairways, hopefully. But, I mean, yeah, there's no but telling. Colt I has
1: can... a piece of shit four hybrid that mm. I hate a lot. Maybe you can borrow that. Mm. It comes in like That's a it. nine iron. Hopefully
2: I can hit it as straight as he is. It is
0: beautiful. As, yeah.
1: Yeah. made a couple tweets I with hate it today, that don't club. worry.
0: Frankie. Frank? No, no. (laughs) What's it called? It's Gary, but it's Frankie. Yeah, Yeah. but it's Frankie. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, being in November with nobody hardly playing there, I mean, no one knows what to expect. I feel like it's probably the most wide open Masters of any of them.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, nobody's gonna know what to expect. Um, I mean, they can make the greens firm and fast. It doesn't matter what time of year it is there. So, I mean, yeah, we're just gonna go there and try and figure it out, like everybody. Do
0: you look good in green? I do. Oh, baby, let's get it going, sleazy. E9
1: or you got any? No, I got else? a little bit more. Okay, I want to ask go. you about your, you had a little, you had a little, you've had some injury issues uh, that have gone on. 2014, you had the season ending wrist injury, right? And mm-hmm. the doctors told you there was a 50-50 chance that this thing could take or it could not take. What was it like sitting there thinking you're waiting to heal? You're in a cast and you're like, there's half 50% of the time I might not be able to even come back and play golf. How hard is that to just sit there and not be completely out of your hands?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's brutal, you know, in 2011, I had knee surgery. I had my ACL, I'd torn my ACL. So I had that fixed, but that was easy because I started rehab right away and you knew it was going to get better. Just so many people have had the surgery. Whereas my wrist surgery, it was like, look, you know, people have come back from this and some people haven't um you know there's no guarantee you might be better and then you know a month in just make one swing and tear it again and we got to start over so you know being in a long arm cast for that long and not knowing if it's actually healing or better that was brutal
1: and you had a wrist you got acl going on the same like are you secretly like some mma underground fighter (laughs) like where are all these injuries coming from you play call of duty and you play golf i don't know like how are you blowing out acl
2: yeah so i tore my acl in high school we used to play tackle football every sunday and uh, oh, it was wow. funny. We played for like six months and, you know, I never got hurt. And then my dad's like, what are you doing on Sundays? Where are you going? And I was like, well, we play football. He's like, you're an idiot. You're going to get hurt. And I was like, dad, I've been playing for six months. haven't gotten hurt that Sunday. I tore my oh, ACL. God.
0: Perfect. Well, yeah. I'm kind of thinking, you know, maybe that wrist surgery, they made you kind of like rookie of the year, you know, a little fa- because oh, yeah. you didn't get the fast twitch, but you got the stable one where you hit it dead straight <laughs> every single time because you're known, at least I heard from Charlie Hoffman, the seagull. He calls you the par three assassin. Yeah, because you have a ridiculous games. amount of hole in ones. <laughs> Tell the people how many oh, hole in ones. that's yeah, the joke. <laughs> twenty
2: three hole in ones.
1: Jesus, twenty three hole in one. And by the way, how many hole outs on the PJ Tour do you have? You had
0: a. You went to Hawaii a few years ago. So and made one three in one round. <laughs> I was playing that week, and every five minutes on the board, it said Chesre makes eagle, and I'm like, uh, that's another par four. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> yeah, a yeah, typo. It was okay. a joke. Yeah, so twenty three hole in ones. Yeah. Oh my God, you're
1: ridiculous. Yeah.
0: That's unbelievable. And
1: I don't three... think I've had
2: a
0: drink off of one of those.
2: <laughs> when was the last time you hold out <laughs> you on a par You sent me pictures four? that you had, but fortunately oh, yeah. you didn't made you actually some charge my count. We're going to
1: start charging these things. Yeah, they this come is, so it's often. It's getting real. How many, how many, hole... when was the last time you had a hole out on a par four? I don't know. For Eagle. Dude, I drink a lot. I Years, don't know. Years, bro. Years. Ches throws three in one round. Yeah. That's <laughs> a, I mean, if you did three in a year, I feel like that would be a. It's really devastating job. when you're
0: also playing at the same time and you're like probably two over par. Yeah, that's right. He's out every other hole. That's right. That's right. absolutely right. Well, let's get to the E9 because this is some fun stuff. Okay. You go
1: yeah, that? let's get to it. Yeah, I was going to get into a little Call of Duty with you right now. Cause well, we got, big, we got, we you got, got something to touch on that. Yeah. All right, we'll elaborate on some of these. All right, you
2: fire it off first, Colty.
0: All right, we ask this to everyone. Movie made about the life of Chez Reevy. Who plays you? You can pick any actor.
2: Mm. I'd have to say Tom Cruise probably because he's oh. he's about my height. Jesus, we spit straight How's off. How's your hype. ego, bro? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can't wow. say Brad Pitt or they McConaughey. They're all, all this too humility tall. was a yeah. was a fake. I gotta pretend like I have a six pack.
1: <laughs> and your dog's named Maverick. Mm. Mm. All right, I've got a Favorite himself. movie? Yeah, all right. I didn't have any. I can. You Who'd know, you have for him?
0: I could do like I could do like Paul Rudd for him. Oh, that's actually. I was asking yeah, my probably. wife today. I was like, Yo, yeah. who should I pick for Ches's yeah. actors? Paul she Rudd. Paul
1: Rudd. I said no, and then I went with. When was you see his name? Daniel Radcliffe. You know that is. Yep. Who is he?
2: He's a Harry Potter guy. Yeah, right? he's a yeah. wizard from Harry Potter because
1: yeah. you're a ball-striking wizard.
2: It's <laughs> supposed to be what he
0: looks like,
1: not what <laughs> he does. <laughs> Somewhat similar, dude. He's got dark hair, and he's a wizard. What's the difference? <laughs> all right, next question. Okay. All, right, all right, my turn now. All right, who was president the last time you hit a provisional? <laughs> Is that like Bush's first term, the older Bush's first term? Uh, I mean, he did seriously, when was the last time you hit a provisional?
2: I want to say last week, but I don't think I hit a provisional. No, there's no week. chance. There's no way you hit one at wing foot unless yeah. the
1: unless the rough swallowed it. Yeah, I'm talking like maybe that's out of bounds provisional. Uh,
2: Can
0: you think back to a time you hit it out of bounds on the PJ Tour? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I hit it pretty straight, and I've got one that I hit
2: one out of bounds this year at Hilton Head. Did you? What Jesus. hole? On the first hole, I blocked and it hit the car that hole's path a demon. And went into the backyard it's like that wait, hole is oh a demon. God. Yeah, that
1: number one, that town gives people fits.
2: Yeah, I pushed it over those tree branches, and then it yeah, flew too far, hit the cart path, and went into their backyard.
1: Jesus, nice Happens. drive, Chez. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Chop. Yeah. All right. Tighten it up, bro. Number three,
0: if Chez Reavy wasn't a professional golfer, what would he be?
2: Mm. Man, that's a good question. You had to be
1: contemplating that said- for a while during an old Mr. Hand injury. I thought
2: about it. I just didn't come up with a whole lot of answers. <laughs> golf coach. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm probably not a golf coach. I don't know, man. Maybe an MMA fighter. Yeah, a lot you're, of yeah, still got the injuries for it. Yeah, 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 maybe a professional gamer. No, I'm not good enough at that. I'm not a good enough fighter though either. So that can't be. <laughs> not good a fighter though yeah. either. So. Now that I think about it, yeah. I'd be fucked. Yeah. <laughs> All right,
1: Phoenix Open guy, we actually already talked about the Phoenix Open. If it happens, which is being talked about, what's your walk-up song going to be on number sixteen at the Phoenix Open?
2: Walk-up song. Welcome to the jungle. Guns N' Roses from. Oh, okay, huh? you are. I you hip hop. Metal guy. I like your hip hop like too. too. but yeah, I like kind of everything. I'm even getting into country nowadays. Hell the yeah, that boy. you're you're morphing. You're morphing.
1: Cole, yeah. what would yours be? Because we, you might get a sponsor. We might get a oh, sponsor. So, Play ball.
0: Something. Garth Brooks. Thunder. Is sure. it Garth? Thunderstruck by Garth Brooks or whatever? No, that's that uh, the Thunder Rolls. That's too
2: thunder slow. Yeah, have to be like Baton Rouge. There you go.
1: Get Flaner to come out and sing, sing for, for I you. I
2: just want Flaner to sing it for you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I heard would work. that. I actually heard him do that in New Orleans. We played with He's him. Fantastic. He's fantastic. unbelievable. He's, He's so fan-
0: good. He just, like, I mean, if we're walking down a street, like, say, in Nashville, and there's a karaoke bar, his body just <laughs> goes right <laughs> to it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Like a dog. And, right, over yeah, here. Over here. And it works, by the way. I, I found, found it. It's incredible. Yeah. And you mentioned Call of Duty. I know you're big into it. You got your man cave downstairs at your house. I uh-huh. can't imagine what your new man cave is going to look like. I can't wait, actually. It's a man palace. <laughs> but it's also very popular on the PJ Tour. Bryson DeChambeau has been known to talk about it a lot. Harold Warner III. Where do you think you would rank on the PJ Tour in Call of Duty?
2: Man, I don't know. I'd definitely be, be top five, top ten for sure. I mean, I don't know how much those guys play. When I was hurt with my wrist injury, that's when I really got into it. I haven't played as much lately, so I'd have to play a little bit, but... I'd definitely be up there. What's your name?
1: Yeah, what's your use? What's your whatever it's called tag name? What is it? Maverick. Is it just straight Maverick? Who did we
0: ask that had something weird?
1: Oh, Jeff Ogilvy. Jeff you got to get Ogilvy, dude. I can't remember what it I was. Can't it's something it's super something weird. weird as hell. Yeah. He <laughs> plays it. He just drinks wine and plays with his boys down <laughs> in Australia. You might have to get on on a weird time to catch him in Australia, but he's. Yeah. Rom's big into it too, dude. There's oh, yeah. a whole pack. Rom's really. Is good. there like
2: a pack of like
1: you're your PJ Tour it. guys? Let's all link up and, and be on the same team. Yeah,
2: you know who also who also is really good is Keegan Bradley's caddy. He plays probably more than oh, anybody. Machine Gun Chad. Chad, he's yeah. unbelievable, and his kid's even better than he is. Of course yeah, yeah the game, I mean, your hot.
0: nickname's machine gun chad you're probably good at killing people <laughs> in video games
2: yeah
1: yeah machine gun that's a good name for that all right next question we've been fluffing you a lot about your ball striking here today i want you to get, i want you to get too big of a head what's the worst shot you can ever remember hitting on tour
2: Worst shot okay so this is my yes you have one yeah i mean unfortunately there was a lot of shots i hit a wedge on the fringe once <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to kill myself <laughs> no so it was my first year term pro i got a sponsor spot in vegas and i was leading after two days and I was like top 20 going into Sunday, and I got to 16, um, 16, yeah, in Vegas, and I made, I think I made like a 12. I went for the green and two, hit it in the water, dropped, spun it back in the water, dropped, spun it back in the water, dropped, spun it back in the water. I think I hit five balls in the water I don't know exactly what the score was, but it was like a 12 or a 13 or whatever. And I actually had my first golf nightmares after that. I, same spot, I was in the drop area, mm-hmm. and I got all the way up to a 4-iron. i just smash it, go right to the end of the lake, and then just drop straight in the <laughs> water. Golf nightmares. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. Nice Welcome. to have you There's aboard demons. the golf <laughs> nightmare. Yeah, did you ever,
1: you ever think about just maybe hitting one more club?
2: No. Oh Yeah, I did, actually. After like, like I two, chunked one think? in the water, oh. and then I, yeah. I'm my also, other question
1: was yeah. going to be, When's the last time you shanked one? Shanked one. <laughs> Do you have any shanks? Shank
2: it. Uh, not that I can recall. I don't yeah. think I've had a you wouldn't. on tour. Yeah. I knew you wouldn't. I actually whiffed one this year in Boston. Oh, there we go. Now you're yeah. becoming relatable. Like a chip
0: you went underneath
2: it? Yeah, so it was the fourth hole, I believe, the drivable par four. Mm-hmm. And I hit it over the green just into the rough, and it was sitting real high in the rough. And I was trying to hit a flop shot, and I just went right under it, and it just buried in the divot underneath the ball.
0: Did you say that was a practice swing? Yeah, dude. No. Was there any
1: cameras around? Come
2: on, you got to take that off. Like, all right, guys, I'm going to come up. I'm a- Is anyone else going? Yeah, I couldn't fake it. I was laughing too hard because I just looked up and then looked down. And it was there. And I backed <laughs> off and just started laughing because I just couldn't believe I'd done it.
0: Nothing oh wrong with a little whiff, dude. You haven't played golf yet on whiff. Yeah. All right, number seven. You've been on tour a long time 13 years. You've been through Tim Fincham, Jay Monahan. Say you're next up, Commissioner Chess. What's the first thing you're changing to the PJ Tour?
2: First thing I'm changing to the PJ Tour. It can be a
0: rule of golf. It can be something. Miss Fairway, two-shot penalty.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Um, I think the first rule change would be moving the balls out of divots in the middle of fairway. See, Great I, rule. I do a it anyways. popular
0: rule I agree with. My thing is just everyone's going to be like, oh, that's a divot. Oh, that's a divot.
2: Yeah, no, it has to be a very defined divot. It can't be just you're sitting the down judge. a little bit, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, Bryson be down there saying, "Well, this particle of grass is going this way." What and about this ants? Going this way, so <laughs> get rid of those pesky ants too.
1: Those <laughs> killer ants that are out there, you got to get drops from. All right, no divots. That's a good. That's a good mm-hmm. rule. I'm already doing that, so I'm 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 ahead of my time. All right, here we go. What do you think is the easier job, Catting for you or being Dustin Johnson's sports
2: psychologist? <laughs> the easier job. I mean, York, we
1: love York, but, like, let's say he doesn't have to do a whole lot. Hey, Ches, there's the hole. You should hit it at it and then give me 10%. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah. I I think being Dustin's sports psychologist would be easier. I mean, he doesn't seem to overanalyze things. And, you know, if he plays bad, he just plays bad, and then he wins the next week. It doesn't seem to sink in. With him, so I don't think that would be a very tough job. Yeah, he he's got the
0: perfect brain yeah. for golf. Perfect. He shoots 80, 80, 78, and then goes win second, win second. Right. Yeah, I mean, he just he, I mean, it's it's just
2: perfect for golf.
1: Hey, uh, you might have a penalty here as you're leading the U.S. Open. Just keep playing. We'll tell you a little <laughs> yeah, bit later. <laughs> we'll tell you later if you're still winning or not, but we yeah. don't really know yet. Yeah. Oh, okay, just like, I'll just oh, do yeah. that. Yeah. Right. No Whereas one else me, would do that I would in the crumble. world. That would... I'd crumble. Oh, like, nope, sit... I'd still be sitting there. I'm going to sit Indian style till
0: you all tell me what my score is right now. All right. Put your thinking cap on. You ready? This is number nine. I call it CPR. Okay? You got a caddy. One of one of us is going to caddy for you for a year. You get to punch one of us in the face. And you have to room with one of us for a year. Caddy, punch, room, CPR. Me, Sleaze, Scott Harrington. Go.
2: <laughs> That's easy. If you punch oh, me, God,
0: I'm going to kill your ass. <laughs> Wait, he said this is easy. I'm nervous. <laughs> okay, yeah. You didn't even think. All right, go.
2: All right, Sleaze is going to caddy for me, and I'm definitely punching Scotty yeah, oh, <laughs> yes. and you're rooming with them. that's fine and you yeah. sleep like a little baby yeah it's like the perfect oh. situation for me mean, you the right that you said right. that's that the right answer that's 100 the right answer
0: well done yeah. dude,
1: by the way i'm nails on the bag. you ever need yeah. me if i can carry for anyone on tour it's your ass i am like yeah dude wedge here you go make another tweet daddy <laughs> oh, needs a new pair of shoes
0: i love it well Ches, that was a lot of fun man thanks for joining us yeah guys Absolutely. thanks for having thank me. you chester and that was the great chez Reevy. uh you know so much fun to talk to him talking to a guy like that who you know in a Game of bomb and gouge now, golf. A guy that still is, you know, he, he works his way around the golf course. He can't overpower places. It's cool to get his insight on how the game of golf is right now.
1: Yeah, especially coming off a place like Wingfoot where you would think his type of game would be the perfect game for a place like yeah. that. And then speaking on what, what Bryson went and did, it was cool to get the insight of somebody who was actually there and could speak about the setup and because all the speculation about, what is it okay what Bryson did or do you like seeing that he was actually there? And uh, I feel like every player – that we've spoken to after the U S open and has like the utmost respect for what Bryson did and gives him a lot of credit for it where it's like the media is like, this is horseshit. You
0: shouldn't be able to play a U.S. open that way. And it's not what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, he did it a different way, but like you said, it's cool talking to Chez who was actually there and can vouch for what Bryson did. Like, I mean, it's just, he played the golf course the way Bryson's supposed to play the golf course and he overpowered it and he won. But man, Chez, I just, I, I tip my hat to him all the time coming from a guy who, obviously doesn't hit it very far either. Like, I respect what Chez has done in his career so much because it is harder for guys like that to, to win and compete and for a guy like that just to stay out there year after year and I mean, and compete. I mean, he went on – in 2019, he went on a crazy run, you know, finished – Third at the U.S. Open, had other wins the next week at the Travelers. It's just, uh it's so cool to see what he's done with his career.
1: Yeah, and also it's so easy. You, you, you know, you were out there and you are obviously not the longest guy. When I was playing, I was kind of average, and I just played with guys that were super long. And I'd be like, man, if I could just hit it long. It's easy to get sucked into the distance trap. Like, if I could just gain some more, you know what I mean, and get away from what you do well, trying to chase these distance guys. Chez really doesn't do it. He's, he's trying. He said he's trying to gain a little bit of mile per hour, you know, club head speed right now, but he's not out there trying to be something that he's not. He's, no. just, he's like, I'm going to hit every fairway or most of them. I'm going to hit every green or most of them. And when I putt well, I'm going to have weeks like I did uh, last week at, or last year at Hartford, and I can still win on this tour doing it the way I do. So it's cool to see like a throwback guy in a game where pretty much the guys at the top of the leaderboard every week are guys that just send
0: it. And also very good news that he chose to punch Scott Harrington in not URI. That was good. That was I was good. a big fan We of were going to end the show right there <laughs> if
1: that answer came out incorrectly and never have him back. So, yeah, uh, he made the right choice.
0: I love it. Thanks to Chez for sitting down with us. But Ladies, we got some big news to tell everybody out there. This is large. Let's hear it. I'm going to let you do the honors.
1: All right. All right. I'll, I'll launch it here. For the first time since inception, Golf Subpar will be going on the road. Mm. We've been trying to get this done for a while. We had some trips lined up tentatively. Some were booked, some were not. COVID happens. Boom. The whole world gets wiped out. We haven't been able to get on the road. This week, we will be leaving. We'll be heading to the great state of Texas and Dallas, we're arguably some of our biggest guests we've yeah. ever had on this show, and we've had some good ones on this show. First
0: off, I'm really surprised they're letting us out of our cage. Correct. And second off, I can't believe a few of these guys are sitting down with us to talk to us Yeah, either, but it's going to be great. It'll be weird. Uh, I mean, we'll just tell y'all. We're yeah, bringing it. launch these names. We're bringing it. We got the great golf instructor, Chris Como, coming live from his house in his golf studio here. The he architect of yeah. the Bryson Project. Works with Bryson DeChambeau. We got a little quarterback coming on, quarterback slash broadcaster, Tony Romo, might have heard of him.
1: Old number nine yeah. will be on golf subpar, right where he belongs, if I he doesn't can't. clam up in yeah. front of the
0: mic. And then one last special guest, man who's won a green jacket, the golden child, Jordan Spieth. Can you believe it? No, not really, <laughs> honestly. I know we're, like, friends with some of these guys,
1: but it's still to give us a, an hour-plus of their time and sit down and do it, we're going on the road. This is what you got to do when you're the hardest-working man in showbiz, like mm-hmm. we are, and uh, this is going to be an unbelievable trip, man, to get all three of these guys to sit down with us uh, has the potential to be some of the, some of the best shows we've done so far. And I think that's saying something with some of the guests we've had on. So I am hyped on it and hopefully we get some, uh, we get them loosened up a little bit and get into some things that we may not have heard before.
0: Yes, I cannot wait. It's going to be fun. I'm so glad we're going on the road. Back to my home city. Yes, Dallas. dude.
1: I expect the parade to be waiting oh when, upon God, arrival. Red carpet. See oh, that statue ready. out there at Royal Oaks? Mm-hmm. I got to see what that bronze face <laughs> looks like. I'm going to deface the shit out of that yeah. thing somehow. I'm awesome. going to put bird feet all over your face and let the birds come in
0: and do what they do. You do what you got to do. <laughs> that's please. all right. But I cannot wait. Really appreciate everybody for agreeing to sit down with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. And that's going to do it for us. We'll talk to you on next week's Golf So far. <laughs>